Hey, good people, what's going on? This is your girl, Madam Butterfly, and you are listening to Frequency Bay. So, we are going to get into our topic today of state-sanctioned violence. Got a documentary here for us, uh, Crime Plus Punishment. Uh, this is a Hulu documentary, or actually, yeah, a Hulu original documentary. Let's see here, and we'll give another listen on YouTube. It says, on the sixth anniversary of Eric Gardner's tragic murder... The message in crime plus punishment feels even more potent. Drive into the details by watching the documentary. All right, let's 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 get to it. And thank you so much for joining me. Like always. It says the New York Depart- Police Department is the nation's largest police department with 36,000 uninformed officers or uniformed officers, sorry. Uh, quotas for arrest and summons have been banned in New York City since 2010. New York, 2014. There's so much corrupt shit going down in New York, it's not even funny. I would say that Atlanta's just as bad.
This looks like the New York uh, salutes the 2014 Police Academy graduates. Ah, okay. morning and congratulations to you and to your families. Over the last 24 years, most of you were still too young to remember the devastation of the 80s and 90s. This city reclaimed its streets. It Did reclaimed it? its neighborhoods and its parks. And we the police were the integral and essential element in doing that. Well, the new mission for the New York City Police Department going to be quite simply to save the children of this city. There are too many young men in this city carrying guns who have been drawn into the crews and into the gangs, and we need to prevent that from happening. South Bronx is, is my shit. <laughs> I can't even deny. South Bronx is my shit. Officer Sandy Gomez, part of the police force, 12 years. You're going to say anything. <laughs> Hello? Hey, son, listen, I'm going to find another the place, okay? I don't know. Let me, let me do what I got to do now. I got to do that. I really got to do it. Okay, so see you later. 14 precinct. Hitting audio recording. So what it feels like they're essentially trying to get this man to do is reach a higher quota. And what that translates into is harass more people, flip more rocks, uh, work harder on your investigation, um, and do more petty bullshit to the general public in order to get them to 
get whatever quota or whatever amount of people you need in the system in order for that particular precinct to look good. This is a motherfucking bullshit. This is, I don't know who this man is, but I don't like that. I don't like how you talk to him like this. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. Not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. One thing that I always say is that fucking police are predators and that they move like predators and they're incredibly fucking creepy how they stalk the general public in order to uh, make their quote unquote quota. And this kind of further proves that the way he's talking to this man and writing this man about a fucking quota. <sighs> this is this is slightly disturbing. And we're, we're not even uh, an entire 10 minutes in. We got a whole fucking hour, almost two hours to go. So this should be fucking interesting. You've been going through some of the stuff that I've been going through and he went through. <clears throat> bring the amount of summonses and arrest that they wanted me to bring to, uh, to the precinct, uh, I've been punished and retaliated against. Mm. You thought that after all I've been through, that after all he's been through, that after all the shit that we've been through, that exposing stuff in prison, exposing their numbers machine. We thought that it was over, but they're still doing the same shit. So that's the same, but it's worse because you came out, right? First it was cool crap. They buried your story. You came out, they buried your story. I, I went to um, federal court and then they buried my story. We know what's going on out there, and we know what's hurting cops, and we know the morale of cops is very low. Everybody that you meet, everybody's fuck this job, fuck this fucking job, fuck this fucking yes. job. That's the morale. That's what. That's yeah. that's how everybody feels. Yeah. I've heard the lieutenant give him a quota. I heard the sergeant threaten him yeah. if he didn't follow the quota. If nothing works, then we're gonna have, eventually have to sue. If, if if they give us no recourse, we're gonna have to sue and and make we have to make some change. I feel like we have to tell you this because yeah. once you're out, you cannot go back. No. No. So, so you feel like... You can't go back. Oh. We're strong. They're not your friends. As a unit. But they're not your friends. Individually, we have to be strong, too. They're not your friends. And we also, uh, we rely on each other. Something bad happens to you. You call me, you call, call him. Before you lash out at anybody, do not trust anybody else. They're going to come after you in many ways. You got to be prepared. 
Chris can I help you? Gomez works with defense attorneys and citizens to expose quotas and fa- quotas and false ship, uh, falsified arrests in uh, NYPD within the NYPD. And if you have not seen Crime and Punishment on Hulu, uh, I definitely recommend that you. Give it a watch in your spare time because this is something that's incredibly informative about the realities of NYPD policing. And it's extremely eye opening. Sorry about it. Benola Molesta. I'm Investigator Manuel Gomez. I'm a private investigator. I'm out here looking at some cops from the 4211 
harassing people. So if you guys have anybody, any young bloods that have any problems, stay or night. So what's your first name? Tomorrow. I'm Private Investigator Manuel Gomez. All right, nice to meet you. So go ahead. So what happens here? I was walking out, and they grabbed me like this. Then when they put their handcuffs on me, they walk me into the car, and they're like, I'm like, what am I being charged for? I was asking the whole time. When I got to see my lawyer, my lawyer told me I was getting charged for criminal possession of a weapon. But there was no weapon. There was no weapon. And they just told my mom to come get me. I'm 17. Okay. They just got dismissed. Yeah, I have no criminal records. Wow. Hey, how are you? I'm not that ugly. Wrong, <laughs> He's so sweet. What's wrong with you? Yeah, hold on a second. Listen, ah, don't worry about it. Don't be sorry. I'm not that ugly. Listen, here's the deal. We're putting a, a, a major lawsuit against the department for violating the state law on quotas. So what I want to know is how many arrests do you have that were dismissed? The admonition I bring to you is be cops, be what cops are supposed to be, honest, with pride, with commitment, 
cannot break the law to enforce the law. Huh? There may be temptations. You're going to deal, unfortunately, as many great people as there are out there, and you're going to meet a lot of great people. There's also some very bad people out there. And you're going to want to get them. You're going to want to arrest them. You're going to want to put them in jail. You want to get them out of these neighborhoods and put them in prison. Because some of them just are never going to change. They are criminals. That's unfortunate. That's the reality. The crisis that we now have is can the NYPD continue to make the city even safer? But in doing it, continue to improve relationships, particularly in our neighborhoods that still have too much crime, by policing in a constitutional way, a respectful way, a consistent way, and with integrity. Let me emphasize that term, integrity. Pretty sure that shit is just going through one ear and out the other. They're going to do what the fuck they want to do on them streets. <laughs> the 40th precinct, we're back. <laughs> They're nitpicking, and then on top of that, they're fucking 
retaliating against him. These fucking sergeants are assholes. I think what they're trying to do is make him fucking quit because they suspect that this man is, which he is, is um, is a plant, which which he is. But still, that's beside the point. They're, this is this is disgusting behavior. And so, I mean, again, if you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend that you sit down and you take the time to watch it throughout the, the entire thing. This is, we're about 21 minutes in, and, um, Jesus Christ, this, this is a bit triggering for me, because I have my own personal experiences attached to shit like this, which I'll get into later. Yeah, what's, uh, what's, like, what's, what's, uh, this morning? No, the, the tour. The tour is expected to be 38 degrees. 38 degrees? Correct. Oh, so I'll get a city. Why does it fucking matter? He's out there doing his job. Get the fuck out of here. Well, when I came out, it was uh, below 32. Uh, it's expected to be 38 degrees today. It felt very, very cold. holding a press conference tomorrow, which I'm encouraging each and every one of you to make sure that you come out and participate. Visibility is going to be everything in this effort. We believe that there's enough in the forefront for us to be able to have some dramatic change take place in the police department. You have all these people that end up retiring and then claim how everything was unfair, and they had all the opportunity, the same opportunity we've taken while we're active on the job to speak about these issues, and why these good gentlemen have spoken on the issues, that they can take advantage and step up and speak to the issue without being scared. Uh, and we had a class action lawsuit that obviously represented that. We're hoping to pursue another class action lawsuit that will probably be bigger than the first. On that note, please stand up and introduce yourself and, and tell us about your, your current case. Before they tell you their story, I just want to put this into perspective. There's a quota of law. It's no longer the bill. It's the quota of law. That means that I or no other police supervisor can go out and actually tell particular police officer that you have to write 20, 30, 40 summonses. It's illegal. Okay? When you have supervisors, and these officers will describe it, when you have supervisors that are using police officers as a revenue-producing agent for the city, then you're violating the quota law. You guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves and speak. I'm Officer Serrano from falling from the Fort Police in the Bronx, um, South Bronx. And I work in uh, the Heights. 
my situation, there were many. I was told by the XO and the CO that I had to stop black people. These were his words. You must stop black people between 14 to 21. I said no. We went at it. I got suspended, charges and specs, blah, blah, blah. From the beginning, I saw how this job was. That it was not about helping people, not helping our community. It's about numbers. Hmm. I always spoke my mind. I always said, you know what? It's not about the numbers. It's about the quality. It's about helping people. That did not sit well with the brass in my case. It's all the rebel rouser. We got people who got summers where they live. They got arrested where they live for trespassing. <laughs> we have a bunch of those. Yes. We all seen the guys playing dominoes. Older gentlemen, chilling on the side of the bodega, playing dominoes, minding their fucking business. Excuse me. What do we do? It's the 29th. I have to hit them with C summons because I was told to get a C summons or else. Number two, I'm ringing low. That's the only one I see because the bad guys aren't right there. I'm doing day chores right now. They're not out. The drug dealers are sleeping. So who am I targeting? These four gentlemen. That's where the community problem, community problem arises. Between 2017 or 2007 and 2015, the NYPD issued nearly 900,000 criminal summons that were later dismissed for lack of probable cause. And isn't this motherfucking taxpayer money that we're spending in order to employ these people? Like, what? What is this shit? Like. What? What the fuck? Criminal summons and arrest-related fees contribute tens of millions of the city's annual budget, with blacks and Latinos uh, receiving summons four to five more times often than whites. Yeah, some ain't fucking right. Forty second precinct. Oh, that's Antonio. Look, the detective already. Look, see the detective. Look, and they coming up the block too. They coming up the block. They looking at us. It's like the second, third patrol that went around. Tell me, bro, we gotta move from here. It's gonna be a little hot and dusty because we haven't been staying here. This was my son's room over here. Oldest, 
my youngest, that's Pedro. That's my other daughter. She just graduated high school. I didn't get to upgrade his picture because he's graduating in there now. He's not graduating outside. Some of these cops are so hungry for arrest. They will follow my kids home, come into my building, knock on the door. After that, I couldn't let my kids go through that. So because of that, I just left from the morning to the night. I told my kids pack luggage and I took them out of here. Around here, me, me personally, I could tell you, there's multiple kids with the same prop, with the same, like this. They get arrested, they go, and there's not a shred of evidence. All they do is arrest them without no evidence, and then what the court does, dismiss the case. This is all the dismissals. Attempt of murder. Charges, dismissed. Reckless endangerment with a weapon, dismissed. Again, reckless endangerment with a weapon. They just decline prosecution. All this costs money. There's like a few more, and I gave them to the lawyer. All dismissed? Yeah, all dismissed. Um, it came to the point I hired this private investigator. I said, I need somebody to speak for me. I need somebody to go to the district attorney's office, explain that every time they're arresting this kid, they're messing up his life. For months, private investigator Manuel Gomez has pounded the pavement in this South Bronx neighborhood. Do you guys live in the area? That shooting happened on September 1st. My own shooting in Paso Aquí. See, all over here. All over here. Determined to prove that 16-year-old Pedro Pablo Hernandez didn't open fire with a gun during a street dispute here in September of last year. Five witnesses say that he didn't do the shooting. Hernandez, a high school student with no criminal record, wow. has been on Rikers since July. Wow. He's been unable to post the $250,000. Wow. Sometimes he tells me he wants to God. Cops have arrested Hernandez several times. That's a straight, straight out fucking harassment. NYPD headquarters, 2015. The officers file a class, a cl uh, an A. <laughs> the officers file a class action lawsuit, which claims the NYPD has violated a state ban on quotas and um, pursuing minority of. Uh, minority officers to issue warrants and summons. This is a fucking epidemic. This is this is ridiculous. It also alleges these officers were retaliated against when they do not comply. Disgusting. This is a call for all New York City officers. This is the opportunity you have to now come forward and highlight the illegal quota system in the New York City Police Department. This is what the commanding officer wrote. 
to the officers on the armed patrol saying that if you don't give summonses that generate money for the New York for New York City, that these officers are going to be disciplined and punished. This suit was filed on March 2nd in the Tartan District, right here. Since then, we have had at least 30 New York City police officers who have come forward and told us that they suffer from the same condition. Out of those 30, we have signed up eight additional plaintiffs who wish to be named, and more are still coming forward. Now, what, what is the point of the lawsuit? The system that police officers are forced to implement is driven by numbers. Ever since Comstat, it's all about numbers. Numbers, we're talking about enforcement activity and the kind of impact that it has both on the police officers and the community. The National Latino Officers Association claims police officers are being evaluated on a quota system, even though that's against the law. According to the group, officers are mandated to make at least one arrest a month and hand out at least 25 summonses. One second. All right, so what I'm telling you is to make sure you tell the rest of the guys as well. Make sure you're wearing your vest all the time. I said we reach a point in no return. Which means that some people understand what we're doing, and some people are going to be scared about what we're doing. All right? Dot your eyes, brush your teeth, treat it like a game for now, so you don't get upset, don't go home angry about it. You have to mentally adjust to it. Okay? If you treat it like a game, you play baseball, whatever it is, you enjoy it, you get, they make a move, you make a move, you keep yourself balanced. You keep yourself balanced, they can't hurt you anymore. Everything, you need to talk to somebody or it's not going the way you think it should, then we're a phone call away. That's, that's the point of why we do what we do, because you're never alone in this process. Okay. That's really the big, the big thing. Like I, I, I truly believe that when the police officers who were originally coming forward in regards to um, what was going on in the NYPD police department, that they, if they didn't have the support that they had and the backing that they had. <laughs> this would have never been able to really come to fruition and manifest so beautifully um yeah so, so something like a you know backing and, and a support system is so fucking important so important oh my goodness i feel like there needs to be and this is just off the cuff um just side note i feel like a um i really believe that a Documentary like this need to be done for the medical institutions and in Western America because I feel as though a lot of the same the same fucked up practices um, go on with nurses and doctors all over fucking America and I think that America North American medicine needs to be exposed to what it is as well because there's been so many stories. So right after the press conference wrapped up, I went over to the attorneys and said, you know, I'm a police officer and I think I can add some ammunition to this case.
In 2013, Officer Raymond scored 8 out of 600 applicants on the sergeant's exam, but has been denied pr promotion for the last two years. What the fuck is that? What? How? Wow. How do you score? Let's see. Transit Police District 32. The commander felt that my numbers were too low. I basically wasn't meeting the, the quota. So the plan to sabotage my promotion was already being discussed. Wow. Disgusting. What's the issue with me? Just this um, opportunity or quota? But it has to be more because technically, when no, it comes no, to numbers, that's it. But when it comes to numbers, I'm not the lowest. Yeah. Even though we're not supposed to care about numbers, I'm still not the lowest. So why all this extra effort with me? You really want me to tell you what I think it is? You really want me of to tell you what I think it is? Because I need to understand this. You're a young black man with dreads, very small. <sighs> I have a loud, I want to call it a, a loud say, meaning your words is loud. Okay. You understand what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Fuck this dude. Those were the exact words. Fuck this dude. Wow. Yeah. Disgusting. Like, wow. When he said that, I, I mean, I knew what it was, but, you know, for him to actually say it. Yeah. To be asked to participate in something that disenfranchises black folks even more. It's horrible. Forty second precinct. Nobody's allowed to violate your rights. Did you know this? So he's over here. Do you know this? You know that nobody can come over here and frisk you and go like this and go in your pockets and start doing that? The next time one of them stops you, whoever it is, let's say if it's that one right there, you're going to let me know. I need you to take me to where it happened the night of the incident. What's craziest is that this dude is literally just like walking down the fucking street and talking to people and like kicking up conversations and they're literally telling him the shit that's been going on and what's been happening and it's that fucking easy and it's that fucking often that these police are out here harassing these people so much to the point where he doesn't have to do that much work. I find that, I, I find that interesting. He's literally just going from one street to the next street. Two, three people over here. Four or five people over here. And that's it. <sighs> Jesus. Fucking right. A. And they got me up against the gate like that. So when they got me up against like that, I'm like, I'm telling them, like, yo, we're trying, we're trying to stop. We're like, we, we are arresting you for, like, what's all this for? You know what I mean? They just pull up to me, baby, from the 500, hop out, jump out. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. I give them my hand. 
And I ain't even gonna lie to you. That sounds like fucking gang activity. Isn't that what, like, a fucking gang does to another gang? Don't they just, like, run up on their shit and, like, fucking... They just run up on you and, and, and fuck your shit up. Like, run your pockets, take your shoes, hem you up a little bit. Like, that's literally what they do. That's how they get down. Like, you aren't here to protect and serve anybody, so you are a nuisance to the community. And they are paying taxes for this shit. So they're funding this bullshit. And that, 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 that's ridiculous. They're coming up to them. I know they're police. They're coming up to them. I ain't doing nothing wrong, officer. I ain't doing nothing wrong. Throw your hands up. Put my hands up. They were searching me so hard. I take my jacket off. They're picking up my pants. I even took my belt off. So... And they're getting away with it because people don't really understand how they can go about fighting back. Which is even worse. So it kind of reminds me of a rapist that breaks into a woman's house and then rapes that woman. And this woman has no real recourse on how to go about getting justice. And that's why he does it to begin with. Like, the rapist knows, oh, I can go to Sally's house because I know that Sally's vulnerable because Sally doesn't know how to fight back. She doesn't know how to go about taking recourse in order to correct the situation. And that that is that's predatory behavior, predatory mindset 101. Like it don't get much clearer than that. Oh, the jeans could be loose, they could really feel everything on me. I'm like, yo, come on, stop grabbing me. What y'all grabbing me for? Like, there's no reason for y'all to grab me. Y'all yeah, yeah, want a reason for me try to resist a wrestler, try, try to fight with y'all. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get locked up. So my mom sitting there watching. That's what Nunes snagged me. Yo. Yo. Wow. All this got dismissed. Now, what I want you to do is, you're going to call and make a CCRB complaint. Yeah, this is the only way we're going to put a stop to this, is when you're making complaints against them. If you want to say so. Shout out to this man. This man is doing the fucking Lord's work. They frisked me and searched me and took my clothes off naked. I was falsely arrested by the police officer and then they released me two hours later after strip searching what? twice after two hours what what do you mean what do you mean y'all doing all that hemming up for two hours two fucking hours oh my god i'd be dog fucking mad oh oh A child. There was an informal offer of a 
non-incarceratory uh, plea with youthful offender status that's been offered twice. My clients rejected that both times. Did you still reject it because um, there was never a weapon to fucking begin with. Why don't you listen to the man what he's got to say? 15 years? I just want him to understand this book operation. If he's not innocent. Yo. And another issue is the fact that these judges are so quick to believe the police officers and nobody else. When the police are known to be liars, like, the the amount of lying that the police do is absolutely mind-blowing. The police literally lie so much. It is not even fucking funny. And honestly, this entire funnel that they put people through when they are going from, you know, just being arrested to the like the initial conversation to being arrested to to going through the whole loopholes with the shit with the criminal justice system. There there's so much that's wrong with it and so much of it that needs to be investigated independently that and, and and it's just not happening and it's absolutely ridiculous and people say like oh we need to just allocate money for this allocate money for that no we need to defund defund the entire fucking thing just overturn it get rid of it tell them goodbye stop paying these people because it's not it's not working anymore like we're adding more trauma than we need to be and that's that's a, that's a conversation for another day the the usefulness of a, of black trauma to the usefulness of black trauma to um Let me let me just get back to, to the let me just the, the issues, Your Honor. And I've, I've had extensive negotiations and discussions with him concerning plea bargain offers, and he understands the risk involved with the trial, but it's a position to um, reject those offers. So, my piece, uh, you can proceed as Seventy seventh precinct, Crown Heights. Oh shit, Crown Heights. Okay, I see you. I pretty much keep everything. This was uh, a while back. Put up in the uh, in the precinct. You know, telling us basically we need X amount of cell phones, X amount of seatbelts, X amount of double parkers, X amount of bus stops. So this is that. How do you justify taking stuff off the commander's desk? Um, hey, when we say we're threatened or a boss said this or there is quotas, Nobody, nobody's going to believe you unless you have that physical proof. Yep. I had a sergeant tell basically everybody, your job as a police officer is to lock people up. 
But that's not my job to lock people up. Our job is to keep the peace, to protect property. But a lot of officers, they really don't know that. I wish one of those chiefs from headquarters could watch me on the damn patrol. Watch out of, out of the eight hours that I'm on patrol, I have at least 30 people come up and shake my hand. What's up, boss? Everything's good, man. Everything's good, man. Chill, man. Yeah. Wherever they put me, I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to be like, hello, what's going on? Shake his head because that's the type of person I am. That is so and that's sweet. the way all of us should be. Yeah. But nobody sees this because the last few years, yeah. officers have been trained to be different. Yeah. A lot of times, the officers don't know how to talk to people. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, big man? Everything good? Big man, what's up, man? Everything good? Walk up in here talking all that fucking shit. You good, though? You good, big man? We can either, like, beat him up and fight it and drag it or cuff him or or you can talk to him. Yo, no, don't spend your dough in there no more, man. Don't spend your dough in there no more. But but this right here, this right here's the whole point. I was fucking with the young boy. This fucking faggot right here come up in there popping shit. Hey, my man, my man, that you, you, that's what's up, yo. Yo, don't spend your cheese in there no more, man. That's it, man. You got all these other bodegas, man. Don't go in there no more, man. Don't spend your dough in there, motherfucker, no more, man. You don't love a good bodega. <laughs> A situation like that could have been turned into something crazy. Right. I'm not saying every time you're going to be able to talk somebody down, but I tell you, like, these new guys don't know how to handle a situation like that. They're so used to just fighting, beating up somebody. They don't know how to de-elevate anything. They don't know how to defuse it. And that's another issue. In order to de-escalate de a situation that's going on in the neighborhood that you're supposed to be patrolling, like, you got to be like, you got to know you. You have to have rapport in the actual community for them to respect you enough to 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 to, to take your advice to de-escalate in the first place. And it's a lot easier to de-escalate a situation that you have personally taken the time to invest in emotionally. People are a lot more apt to um to not de-escalate a situation when A, they don't know how to, B, they have poor skills at it, or C, they're not invested in the actual community that they're patrolling in the first place. So yeah, should, should be mad ass backwards. Britain's leadership is under attack. The man accused of illegally selling cigarettes died as NYPD officers wrestled with him. Eric Garner's arrest, caught on video, led to protests.
talk about Ferguson, we can talk about Florida, we can talk about Brooklyn, we can talk about Greenville Station, Oscar Grant. I mean, it's continuous. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. What do you want us to do? How long do you think you're going to keep the powder keg cap on? Critics are blaming your broken windows policy. It's been hailed all around the world as successful, going after low-level crimes before big ones happen. Okay, so in this... They don't even stop to think about the way that shit like this affects the community before they fucking do it. They just, they just go out there and they do this bullshit. And it's absolutely exhausting. And fucking Chief Connors, you... Chief Connors needs to be replaced period point blank end of story he's incompetent and not doing a very good job but um we're gonna get to um the second part of this because shit is really good it's getting we're, we're 45 minutes in and we're just not heating up for real uh we still got at least another about an hour to go all together but thank you so much if you're deciding to join me on this this episode of uh, Frequency Bay. This is a really uh, quality conversation. Uh, so, um, yeah, if you got any feedback, if you got any, um, anything you'd like to say in regards to all of this, I'm always open to hear it. You know what I mean? I love the, the conversation of conversations around stuff like this. And so... Um, yeah, I'll catch you guys on the second segment. You guys stick around. The good people stick around for me now. <clears throat> Welcome back. This is uh, <laughs> this is Madam Butterfly. This is your host, Madam Butterfly, good people, and you're listening to Frequency Bay. And I just want to say before we get started, um, we got to figure out a way to stop letting old cis white men head important shit like police precincts and uh police institutions because it's it's giving very much uh it's giving very much um i am the slave master and you are the slave and that just puts a terrible fucking taste in my mouth. Looking at this man, it feels as though he's incredibly disconnected from what the fuck is actually going on in the community. And he, he feels more like a placeholder holder than anything else. Just an individual who's there to make shit look good. As opposed to really get their hands dirty and, and, and do what it takes to, 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 to do the work. Which, uh, in my opinion, is just a reflection of bad management uh, and bad leadership, among other things. You know what I mean? So let's go ahead and get to this second part. Uh, I definitely don't want to wait any longer, so let's go. Case, many people are upset, however, because they feel it's targeting communities of color. How do you respond to that? We are not targeting communities of color. We are targeting but you are. behavior. Unfortunately, there are a number of neighborhoods in the city that still have the highest crime rates. That's been the case, unfortunately, 20, 30 years. Even though crime in those neighborhoods is down 70 or 80 percent, 
So that's where I put a lot of extra police into This man is disconnected. He's mentally, emotionally, and psychologically disconnected from what's the, the reality of what's going on. Because I'm pretty sure if you were to put him next to a person who's actually living within the reality of what he's talking about, these stories would be abs- they, they'd be night and day. It doesn't make sense. They, they would be night and day stories. Um, and I think this is part of the heart of the issue is the people who are running the shit are disconnected from the people who are experiencing the shit. Because chances are he probably doesn't even live in the neighborhood that he uh, is on this particular show talking about. And another thing that I want to mention is that everything seems to be incredibly desensitized when they hop on, when they, when they take the time to hop on these news outlets, things seem to be incredibly sanitized, incredibly desensitized in relationship to the actual experiences of the people that are going through what the fuck they're going through. And I think that's also another issue is the fact that people don't get to see the honest, genuine reality on television because if they did, there would be a bit more outrage, I'm almost sure. Goodness. And I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a shut up eventually. <laughs> but I got, shit, I got shit to say. Those neighborhoods, thousands of extra police in those neighborhoods to keep the crime down. While they're there, they're seeing other offenses that they're going to act upon. No. Nobody. You all are hated. You are hated in New York. You are hated throughout the United States. Oh, damn, yeah. This is anger. This is not ignorance. This is just anger. And they have absolutely every right to be angry. Period. Point blank. They have absolutely every right to be just pissed the fuck off. That's another thing that like fucking drives me wild. The way that the police will gas like the fuck out of you and make you feel some type of way about like how the fuck you supposed to feel about like the way that you're being treated. <laughs> so you mean to tell me you're gonna throw someone in my face and I get upset about it? You don't want me you don't want me to be upset about the, the disrespect associated with you throwing water in my face? Like you gonna tell me how to feel in relationship to it? And on top of that, tell me how to react. How are you telling somebody else how to react to a slight that's been done against them? That's not how that goes. You don't have the right to tell anybody how they feel about... No one ever has the right to tell anyone else that they've slighted how to feel about being slighted. You don't have the right to tell them how to feel. You don't have the right to tell them what to do with their anger. You don't have the right to tell them how to react. None of that shit. That that's that's class A gaslighting. And and one thing about the courts, one thing about the police, they're good at that shit. They gonna gaslight the fuck out of you. <laughs> Goodness. You may not like what the fuck you got to say, but he got some shit to say. You should you should sit there and fucking listen.
two more officers join the class action lawsuit, bringing the number to 12. The officers meet with the Justice League NYC. You have to see the way they talk about us behind our back. And you have to be very careful. But we do have some support from us. Yeah, a lot of support. The support that I have is essentially I'm not sure if everybody's connected to that, but um, so um, Eric Garner, he he got killed. It was a part of, because of they were chasing for activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the reason. The quotas. Right. That's yeah. the reason why we're here. The guy in the Bronx, Graham, it's the same thing. They're chasing him because mm-hmm. they're trying to get the activity. The they're trying to get that quota. You know what I mean? They go, you go extra hard, not knowing the 29th of the month. You don't have your arrest. You're gonna do anything you have to do. Not everybody, you know, but 50 percent. I would say 50 percent of the cops. Too many. They don't want to suffer the consequences of not having that arrest because you're gonna suffer consequences. Like we all are suffering consequences of not having those arrests. You know, being a police officer is not easy. The stuff that we see, the stuff that we deal with, is not. For no human being to see sometimes, it's bad. And then for somebody else to say that we're not working simply because we don't want to arrest the innocent and be labeled as lazy and all this, we need to redefine the word working as a police officer. I, I went to a job today, uh, another domestic, a mother called a cop, a little girl, she didn't want to go to school, she had state tests, so she said, I'm not going to school. So I said, I took her in her room again, I said, you got to go to school. Two other officers came in, they were assisting us. It was actually their job, and I said to myself, I'm so happy that I got here before. Right. So I said to the mom, Mom, I'm gonna take her to school. So I took her to school. I talked to school safety about her. I talked to the principal. I said, Please excuse her for being late. She's not in trouble. I just brought her to school. I was talking about blah, 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 blah. And it made De-escalation. me so good. You know what I mean? That, that I could do that. And knowing that if I wasn't there, it would, her day would have went much better. That's easier. how you properly invest in the community. Instead of acting like a fucking cancer. Long Island, gotta love it. I'm just looking at all of the guys on the corner and I'm like shaking my head like, oh boy, what are they going to think about me now? (laughs) 
I do the same thing. I ain't gonna lie to you. I sure would. I'd be right behind you, spinning gas money, all of it. I'd be there. That's beautiful. Can't think about it. Can't worry about it. I'll get depressed. I'll start crying. Mm -hmm. I'll say it's not fair. Yeah. What's the point of it all? It's only gonna make me look old. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Are these her friends? Started with the preteen years. A lot of my friends started emulating the behavior that they saw in the streets. First started with smoking weed, and then within a year of smoking weed, they were doing gunpoint robberies on Flatbush Avenue. I was shocked when. When I realized that my, my friends were doing gunpoint robberies, I, I couldn't believe it. And they hadn't grown up as poor as I was. So their mothers were struggling, but their mothers were working. Their mothers made sure that they ate. I, I used to walk around dizzy from not eating. Mm-hmm. As much as as much as I loved the weekend, as any kid would love the weekend, Saturday morning cartoons, no school. I also dreaded the weekends because no school food. Mm-hmm. And that was the majority of my calories came from school lunch. Um, yeah. It, it was tough. It was tough coming up. How much of you is in this in the settlement? You can offer me all the money in the world, no settlement. This system has to change. With a settlement, the system continues, and I'm not for that. And I hope the others understand this. You know, some may have joined the class action because of what was done to them. I joined to change this. The 12 officers are invited for their first 12 televised appearance on ABC. They're being called the twelve, the NYPD twelve. We're gonna walk out, walk in there blind. Yeah, and our money is not necessarily what we want. Uh, yes, you'd be nice to pay, but money's in this. I hate to say it that way. Are, are they gonna fix everything they did wrong to you? No, 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 no. Well, money is absolutely a bit. Okay. Damages. Damages is when you hurt them in their pocketbook. That's long lasting. You know what I mean? The settlement for 26.8 million dollars. They're still talking about that today, mm-hmm. right? But it also made the blueprints for every other police agency to follow. If the things that they're giving you are significant in terms of systemic changes and permanency, then you may have to grab it. But when you go to trial, it's all about money. It ain't about nothing else. Settlement is about changing the process. What about the, the junctions? What about the changes? The trial is about dollars and cents. About damages. Damages. So when you go to trial and you go all the way down, it's going to be like, okay, so the pocket's a little bigger and we're dividing more money. But systemic changes, they don't have the authority to impose it. Gotcha. You want something to drink? There's some soda? Yeah, there's some, somewhere. This media thing, what are they going to ask you? This is on a news station? 
NBC. NBC. Okay. So whatever you're speaking about is to the point. There's no explanations. This is a punchline business. What is going to get the people's attention that you're talking about? Illegal court assistance. Um, illegal arrests that they're forcing us to make. The quota is hurting minority people. And he says, it it's, it's killing communities of color. And you say, well, they, that, that warrants a response, right? So what do you mean, officer, by killing? They're killing them. They're locking them up for no reason. What you mean is community backing. If the community backs you, then this gets a life of its own. If the community's not backing you, it's you and the police department and nobody gives a damn. You were talking about a, a public safety issue. Well, they're generating billions of dollars on the backs of poor people every day. See, that's a headline. That's it. This administration is, was supposed to be progressive. And things like uh, affordable housing, universal health care, uh, universal uh, pre-K, what's the point when in 12 years that four-year-old will be swept into a quota system? And now you got to take that and dumb it down. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Can I get too many dots? Oh, sure. <laughs> you got to you dumb it down. Yeah. Because remember, your whole point from point A to B is never get there. Got it. So dumb it down. Simplify it. get lost, man. All right? Yeah. Lost, man. I got it. And, and is this... Is the mayor responsible for this? Yeah. Well, not he's not responsible. He's in a position where he... This is what they ask you. Okay. This is like beating the, oh, I see beating the cow, right? Me, yeah. Because they're telling you, is the mayor responsible for this? Yes, he is. No, he's not, because this has always been around. Right? It but, can be a solution. Right. The mayor had, can be a solution to it. Manhattan two thousand and sixteen. allegations in an I-Team exclusive interview. They're coming from police officers who are part of what's being called the NYPD 12, 12 cops who filed a class action lawsuit in federal court. The department says there are no quotas. Well, I have to tell you, I'm a police officer, there are quotas in the NYPD. Are they lying? Absolutely. It's illegal for them to admit it. The worst thing you can have is a police officer that needs an arrest for the month. You might not see nothing. 
You're supposed to be visible. You might not see anything, but you go hunting, like bounty hunting for an arrest. Kids get locked up for, for, for BS, for nonsense, right? They bicycles. The problem is when you go hunting, when you put any type of numbers on a police office to perform, we are going to go to the most vulnerable. The most vulnerable. Of course. We're going to go to LGBT community. We're going to go to the black community. We're going to go to those people that have no vote, that have no power. All he wants us to do is go out there and lock them up. They told us it's, it's, it's easy to get numbers out here because you, you work in this type of community. So you're all minorities. How does that make you feel? This is something coming from the top that trickles its way down, and this is why we're all here today. Are you arresting for stuff that you shouldn't be arresting for? Well, that's why we're here. We don't that's do why it. we're here. We refuse. And because of that, we are retaliated against. Because you're not harassing people, you're being punished. It doesn't make for a great work environment because they want you to harass people. You know, this is a big step to come forward like this. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, we're the enemies. We're the people that nobody talks to. We are the rats that speak out. It takes a lot of guts to stand what we stand knowing that our career are basically over the second we speak against such a mafia. Again, the police commissioner declined to go on camera to address the allegations for quotas or racial discrimination. It just gives me, like, butterflies in my stomach, you know? Yeah, it's nervous, nerve-rattling. I think that they're trying to make us as uncomfortable as they can without actually, you know, making it seem like they're retaliating against us. I don't know exactly what's going to happen because, you know, this is a, this is a big thing. It's, it's not just the 12 of us that's been harassed, like I said. It's much more. And they, they don't want everybody coming forward. So they have to do some type of retaliation to put fear in others to discourage them from coming forward. What they're going to decide to do, I'm not sure. The city of New Orleans, New York, files a motion to dismiss the NYPD 12's class action lawsuit. So basically, we're here today filing uh, opposition to the city's motion to dismiss for our NYPD-12 class action. All of the NYPD-12 has recordings of their uh, supervisors pushing them to meet their quotas. Now, it, it's implied that, the, well, it's, not, it's pretty explicit, actually, in, in several um, different precincts that you need to target males, especially black and Hispanic males, 14 and 21. And in the class action, we also have proof where a um, police captain puts the quotas, the numbers that he wants in the wall, and tells the guys, numbers, you're going to be working at Pizza Hut. Hmm. Wow. You can't make that up. This is what's going on. And in this lawsuit, we show this. It's the department cannot correct itself, monitor itself, and punish itself. We need an independent body to do this. And this lawsuit will be the foundation to do that. Hmm. Have you noticed that they've been treating you any differently at all since NBC interview? Yeah, immediately. Immediately, I was, you know, I got, I got ostracized, and, you know, and then they put me here, they carried me here. This poor folks here, how they were like, oh, you can't even leave. You have to stay in this area. Even though I see something over here, I can't address it. I have to stay here.
you know, they took away my overtime. Now I'm like, well, damn, what if they put me on midnights? What's going to happen to me if they put me on midnights? My daughter's going to college and I have a 10-year-old at home. What is going to happen? They gave me a, a low evaluation. They put a bunch of false statements on evaluation to bring my numbers down to place me on performance monitoring. This evaluation, I received a 2.5 average. They put me on midnights, they changed my tour, they split up me and my partner. Wow. It's just the way it went about it. It was very sneaky, very snakish, you know? So, I don't know what they're going to pull next. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see what else they're going to pull. Right. This is actually something that was placed on my desk. Wow. This is the last six months of wow. my life. As wow. you see on the orange. I'm in the second car. The 31st of March was when the NBC News interview aired. Since then, I was basically taken out of my car. Retaliation. 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 Last week, I found myself, like, working with my partner, and I said to him, I got to get a summons. You know, I got to get something. I have to bring in something this month. And I didn't like the way that made me feel. Yeah. Because I'm scared, you know? So what do you think is out of the pipeline. Well, now I'm going to record It's still hot or it got cooler in there? 
These are the fans of Clinton. That's another thing the police will always do. When they don't get the fucking answer they want the first time around, they're gonna ask you the same question over and over and over again. Except in a different way. And they do this in order to get some type of confession in relationship to the situation. Even if there is no confession to be had. They're trained and they're programmed to try to manipulate you into giving them what they want. Predator. I don't I don't know how else I can say it or go about it, but that's the way a predator moves. They manipulate the, they manipulate a situation and circumstance for a particular outcome. I mean, because the police wouldn't be able to solve cases if it wasn't for the general public. 
this and it another thing that pisses me off is these fucking babies these are like high school children so it makes no sense that they would have anything to do with some shit like this period point blank they should be at home doing homework getting ready for the next day like ain't like how you gonna do somebody else's seed like this and feel comfortable going to sleep at night i don't understand was Antonio Hernandez there? Did you see him shoot anybody? Did you see him involved in a fight? No, I didn't. I didn't. I saw him fighting. I did not see him shoot no gun. Was Antonio Hernandez involved in that shooting? Tell him I'm like, I don't remember nothing. Like, be like, stop playing with Bob. Bob punched your head too hard. How come you wouldn't say Pedro shot you? I never even heard of him until like that situation happened. Like, it took a lot of strength. Fearing retaliation, one of the officers in the NYPD 12 considers leaving the lawsuit. I spoke to him. It wasn't a good conversation. He wasn't supportive at um, of what we did at NBC Studios. He, didn't, he felt he didn't see the need for it. And I told him, you're crazy if you believe that, man. We're fighting. We're, we're, this is David versus Goliath. Yeah. Without public outreach, without public support, we're nothing. Yeah. I saw a friend here from the academy. She didn't want to speak to me, man. Huh? What? I saw a friend here from the academy. She didn't want to speak to me. Right here? Wow. What do you want with this? I'll show, I'll show you. scale what happened to me. So anything below a three can ruin your career for the rest of your career. These are the comments. So I started off reading it. I was shocked because I thought you, you can only put three comments. I didn't know you could even put so many comments in an evaluation. And 
you know, the first three were regular, and then right here, number 25, drive slash initiative. P.O. Raymond needs constant supervision. P.O. Raymond do not take any initiative or shows any drive unless specifically directed by a supervisor. Number 16, reasoning ability. P.O. Raymond cannot apply rules or procedures to situations or cannot see how events or information relate to the solution of the problem. He does not see how a series of events are related or connected to one another, nor can he form logical conclusions from the events. Now, I mean, I'm reading this like, oh my God. Like, this thing is uh, making me sound like I have a low IQ. I mean, the grammar is off. The stuff doesn't make sense. It, it, and it just goes on and on, just horrible, horrible language. And none of this applies to me whatsoever. And I just couldn't believe what I was reading. If you really look into those questions and really be honest with those questions yeah. that they ask, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know, you as my immediate supervisor, you are my greatness, you work with me, and you have no issue with my performance. And for them to hijack your duty to evaluate me simply because they have a complete other agenda. She told me before that I'm going to take away all your power as far as supervisor when it comes to dealing with rape. This is going to be very important when the time comes to go to court because it really shows how much the, the, the supervisors are under pressure themselves to pressure us. You know, this chain of command, the way that this all starts from the top. And when I say the top, I mean the very top. Commissioners, deputy commissioners, and even the mayor's office. And the newly appointed mayor probably bit off more than he could chew and didn't understand just how much the city's budget depends on law enforcement to generate part of that revenue by issuing summonses and arrests. Because the reality is law enforcement uses black bodies to generate revenue. This is called profile. You're saying this is the third time you're on the block. This every time I... Every time I... No, man. I'm saying this is the targeted block. Last time you pull out on me, where the gun at? You don't ask someone where the gun at, bro. You, you, you talk me with respect? I, I respond with respect. You can't talk to me like a dog and expect me to answer with respect. Respect goes both ways in every way you live. It works. Try it. Now to an update on an I-Team exclusive, the interview with active NYPD officers who claim that they are pressured by supervisors to meet quotas for arrests and summits. A number of additional officers have actually reached out to us. By the way, the PBA, the NYPD Officers Union, did a survey recently. Thousands of members responded, and 89% said they believe there are still quotas. The police department flatly denies it. All right, so we're going to stop right there, um, and we will be back with the next section of this wonderful documentary i definitely hope you're enjoying it um this has been madam butterfly and you've been listening to frequency bay uh, madam butterfly out hey what's going on good people we are back we're getting back into crime and punishment uh the hulu original documentary and uh yeah we're gonna just basically hop back right back up into it uh we've got about 45 minutes left and then we're gonna need to get into some articles afterwards and then that'll be the show for today um thank you so much for listening to uh frequency bay and i'm your host madam butterfly
commissioner insists his policies are focused on the quality of the quality of arrests and summonses, not the quantity. You're a liar. Elicited this expletive from the police commissioner. Bullshit. is my response to that. If any of my cops out there still think we're pushing for the summonses, etc., I'm sorry. We're pushing to reduce crime. Yes. And, and, and the only way it doesn't happen 
is you guys. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, so how do I how spank? Spank? So, say, say Which it, one technique? Well, we've already been enduring uh, uh, retaliation for not conforming to the quota. But at, at this point, they're going to try to fire us. They're going to set us up. They're going to get, they have tactics with internal affairs. They don't have to follow the law. You know, who, who, you know no they are going to call. They have no law. You know, exactly. So at this point, you know, giving me this post and killing my evaluation, my, listen, if I, if I never have to be promoted so my people can be treated better, you can keep the promotion. officer who is considered um, a threat, they keep track of you. The sergeant who's in charge of the monitoring stopped me one day and he said, hey, I need to talk to you. So, we're about to meet him for the first time. If it's legit, we have a lot to gain. But it's a possibility he might try to sabotage it. You know, when I so all you guys on TV, I wanted to let you know what you guys complain about. They did it to me. It, it, this, it, it affects white officers too, but just like anything else in the police department, it gets minorities the worst. Okay? I'm familiar with you guys coming through performance monitoring, and I know that program. I don't know if you guys remember my face, but I used to speak to you guys when you came down for performance monitoring. I was the one. How many times I sat down with cops who tell me I'm in performance monitoring because I'm not locking up people? I've heard this before. And, but if you know anything about performance monitoring, I don't know nothing it, it, about it, it except that, I'm on. So it, you need to hit me like, what the fuck is that like? Well, <laughs> there's so much to tell you, okay, about the program. But the fact that you guys are, the fact that you guys are on it, they got you. Once you get in this program, they got you. No matter how well you perform, it's not going to be good enough. The performance monitoring program and evaluation. It's supposed to be tools to measure uh, performance and to measure uh, whether a cop is doing his job or not. But they're both used as weapons of retaliation, okay? And, wep and weapons of abuse. Uh, well, I, I tell you like this, man. The uh, shit hit the fan, you yeah, on your front. Home. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious, man. And so, I guess my real question I, is, I, how I, do you? I told some of the other guys, you know, I, I, don't, I don't trust none of my bosses. Mm -hmm. I don't trust. Fucking knucklehead upset in the car with you got you gotta watch your own back. You when they when, because they're gonna fuck with you and they're gonna fuck with you, but if you if your shit's on point, they, they ain't nothing they can do. Yeah, but but you gotta understand some they don't do stuff by the book. No, they don't they don't. So much. as long as you do what you but, but, it's, but no but you can't do stuff you understand when you do stuff by the book, they don't allow you to do stuff by the book. That's not how so so they that that can affect you. They're looking for something, they got it. saying stopping prison people are they literally saying get five black guys get five no, I'm, it sounds how literal is it yeah that's a good question um one thing that they're good at and it's colorblind racism they get the same racial outcome without ever having to mention race and what allows this is the fact that because of gentrification new york city has enclaves of, of certain ethnicities and nationalities so you get to focus on only blacks you get to say hey we're just responding to crime this is a black area mm. you have to remember 
New York is, is the epicenter of a lot of these issues. So broken windows policing, um, quota policing, this starts in New York. Before you know it, you get it in Ferguson, smaller towns. As uh, another one in, in the 12 said, New York City is Ferguson on steroids. This is where it started. I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. I was so stressed out and I started crying. And then the job doctor, he sent me to a psychiatrist. He asked me if I was like suicidal. And I was like, no, I'm just depressed. You know, I'm having childcare issues. I'm pregnant and the job is punishing me. And nobody seems to care. She didn't really seem to care either. Can you describe when you feel the chest pressure, what you were doing? I was talking to my boss, kind of a conversation went a little bit uh, stressful. It's just snowballing into me feeling the way I felt like years ago, like crazy hype, like all this emotions going through you, and you have nobody to talk to when you go to the the precinct, they'll tell you, oh, you can talk to people from Popa, and you can go talk to the police chaplain, and all those guys gonna do, they're gonna psych you, and they're gonna take away your gun. They claim that we have all these entities that when you have a problem with the police department, you can go speak to, but you can't speak to nobody.
first at five right now, an NYPD bombshell. Four of the department's most senior chiefs at the center of a scandal. And now the police commissioner is taking action as the federal government investigates corruption. Today, what we're asking Mr. de Blasio, the mayor, to do is to form a commission to investigate the pervasive corruption, official misconduct, and bribery at the executive levels of the New York City Police Department. When officers were complaining of corruption and orders, Commissioner Bratton said, that's all, that's nonsense, those officers should quit. Now, we got chiefs that will be investigated for corruption, so that tells you right there, Commissioner Bratton should step down. consequences, I'm going to do whatever I have to do.
there's a lot more to do. We have centuries of embedded ideologies and so many other things to undo.
I'm trying to pass an agency where you can report crime and not worry about retaliation. And we have nowhere to go to say Captain McCormick is forcing me to stop black people. This agency would stop that. What this is saying is what we've been trying to fight for with Frank Serpico and Spidey Foreign Cops before that. Right. But nobody's done it. You look at it, all of them, Schoolcraft, Serpico, and all of them, every, every time they did something, it got shot down at first, and they persevered and persevered. And the good thing that I know that we have a good fight, we will prevail. That's That I know. It's just how long is the question, and when. <laughs> jobs on the line, we put everything on the line to try to expose what's going on within the department. And it's just disappointing to know that everything we were fighting for is being different, you know? But karma's a hell of a thing, you know? You don't treat, you don't, you don't do that to someone, especially someone carrying a child. Felicia, I was wondering, tell this little guy about this whole experience. He's a gift. I won't tell him anything negative. I love this experience. As far as I'm concerned, it never happened. It's over with. That's black history. to do the salmon with coconut coconut shrimps. She knows how to do that good, so. But her rice is no good. I feel like I heard some chuckles back there. <laughs> yeah, far from the bed. But... <laughs> he sent that to prepare that for him. <laughs>
have the promises. Porter doesn't exist, but obviously it does if, if supervisors are still forcing police officers to go out and bring back numbers. on behalf of my client, Alex Spira. Office of the District Attorney, Darcel D. Clark. Uh, Deputy Counsel, Julian Bond O'Connor. What are people? Good, afternoon. Good morning, Judge. I understand that there is a change in uh, circumstances at this time. Yes, Judge. Uh, 
the people have conducted an investigation, an extensive investigation of this case. Notwithstanding, uh, witness accounts in this case have proven to be inconsistent and contradictory. Therefore, at this time, the people moved to dismiss the indictment against Pedro Hernandez and indictment 2105 of 2016. I want to thank Private Investigator Manuel Gomez. Thanks, my family. Thanks to RFK. Thank everybody who was by my side, support me through the way, and help me get this case dismissed. Did you ever have a second thought? No, my thoughts was just have faith, faith moves mountains, and just keep going. So what about the college scholarship? Yeah, my college scholarship, I'm, I'm continuing on with that. I'm going to be going on to college and starting a new life. I'm going to go have the well-deserved cup of coffee and uh, to sit back and enjoy the uh, moment of uh, bliss. Are you going to go with Jessica and the family? Or? Uh, I got to fight another case and then I'll see they hook up with the family later on. But thank you. I always knew something was coming, but now something is finally here. I have to deal with slander. Let me show you something. So there, say you let a suspect go just because he's black? Yeah, I'm being accused of letting someone slide simply because he's black. And the irony is, you know, this, this recent attempt at slander is basically trying to deem me as the racist. The NYPD 12 has made themselves more vulnerable to, to all types of dangers. But at the same time, has brought light to an issue that we can no longer afford to not acknowledge. We're at a time where there's just no room for anonymity. There's no room for silence. We're way beyond that. You know, the days when an officer sits in a silhouette with a disguised voice, those days are gone. This is the time where you have to be able to show your face and you have to be able to speak the truth.
overnight, more and more Americans are struggling to find a place to live. Where do you think you're going to go? I have nowhere to go. I'm going to a hotel. With the government spending billions to help, why are so many left behind? Only one in every four in need of housing assistance get it. Frontline and NPR reporter Laura Sullivan investigate the affordable housing crisis. It took me six years to get my voucher. This is really a very, very dire emergency. The programs. We have a proven track record. It's produced good housing that's very well run. The problems. It's property they do not want in their neighborhood. And if all the money is going where it should. What did you think when you saw the millions of dollars in kickback money? It was amazing. I mean, this is a huge amount of money. If you aren't following the money, how do you know that the low-income housing tax credit is working? Tonight, Frontline and NPR take a hard look at poverty, politics, and progress. Imagine that a story about low-income housing would lead me here to an upscale resort in Costa Rica. Los Sueños is a dream world with fancy condominiums and private villas, a first-class hotel, golf course, and its own private marina. I'd come here because our investigation into the money spent to house the poor had taken us into a hidden world of secret bank accounts and shell companies. But I'm getting ahead of myself. To understand what brought me to Costa Rica, I have to take you back nine months earlier to where our story begins. As our city grows, the number of affordable homes is doing the opposite. It's shrinking. Some are calling it the worst affordability crisis in U.S. history. Last year, we started spending time in Dallas, in neighborhoods like this, where making rent has been getting more and more difficult. The struggle is real out here. I mean, you know, this is, uh, this is every day for you. It'll wear you down, you know, because you're seeing it every day. People's rent checks have just been going up and up and up, and I don't see any end in sight. These are people who have jobs and children. I know. They're saying that no matter how hard they work, they still can't find enough here to put a roof over their head. Uh, this is the eviction. All right. There are more than 40,000 evictions in Dallas every year. An estimated two and a half million across the country. Yeah, get, uh, get, get a couple more people here. Over the past decade, average household incomes have declined, while rents have been rising. And that's pushing more and more people, like Carla Powers, to the edge. So what happened to you today? Um, I was at work. I work two full-time jobs. I'm trying. It's a struggle, and it's real, and it's, and it's hard. Seriously, yes. How hard has it been to find housing out here? Horrible. Year? It's freaking horrible. And that's how I ended up in this slum. I didn't want to be here. Um, I, I didn't want to be here. I don't have horrible credit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just hard. It's just hard. Like millions of Americans, Carla and her family are caught in the long wake of the 2008 financial crisis. What happened when we hit the foreclosure crisis is that all of a sudden, millions of families lost their homes. They became renters competing in the same rental housing market. And at the same time, incomes were going down, even if you could keep your job. And 
that led to a rental affordability crisis in this country that's as bad as it's ever been in our history. Did he come with a dollar? We have over 11 million renter households that are paying more than half of their income towards their rent each month. That means that they are, you know, one emergency, uh, one broken down car, one illness, one missed day of work away from not being able to pay the rent. They're really at risk of losing their homes altogether and becoming homeless. Every year, the federal government spends nearly $50 billion to help the poor with rent and get them on the road to better lives. Over the past year, we've been investigating the two key programs that try to do that, to see whether they're working the way they should and why so many people are struggling. In Dallas and elsewhere, we kept hearing how the largest of the... Basically, I want to, at this point, uh, go into a conversation about police contracts and how they work and what they are and things of that nature, because I think I found what I would consider to be some interesting stuff here. Let's go ahead and get to it. So the first article that we have here is by Recruiters Investigates um, Protecting the Blue. And the title of this article is uh, Across the U.S. Police Contracts Shield Officers from, from, from Genuine Discipline. It says recruiters examined police union contracts across the country and found a pattern of uh, protections afforded to officers. Many contracts ease disciplinary records or allow police to forfeit sick leave for suspension. Meanwhile, residents uh, face hurdles in pursuing complaints. So what we have essentially is an uneven and an unbalanced. Of course, we do. That's why we're here. But we have an uneven and an, an, an unbalanced um, justice system. Stop the bat. It's in San Antonio, Texas. In late 2013, a San Antonio police officer stood accused of handcuffing a woman in the near in the accused uh a police officer stood accused of handcuffing a woman in the rear in the rear of his police car and then raping her the same officer had remained on the force despite prior sexual misconduct complaints and other uh brushes with the law so early in 2014, backed by the city council, city manager uh, Cheryl Sulis proposed um, reforms to the police union contract in the in the state of uh, in the state of Texas City. She wanted to eliminate a clause that erased prior misconduct um, complaints from cops. Uh, records indicated civilians participated 
participation in the uh, complaint process and end officers' ability to forfeit vacation time rather than serve suspension. The Anto San Antonio police officers official uh, the San Antonio police officers um, association response it targeted Shirley with a one million dollar advertising campaign according to the estimates by the manager's office the union ran full page newspaper ads and placed billboards downtown claiming crime rates rose because she refused to fill open police positions police backers uh, broadcast ads highlighting uh, Shirley's six-figure salary and created a Facebook page removed city council retaliation they, they retaliated removed city council Sherilyn Scully they were really trying to intimidate me said Scully I I would I knew it would be one of the hardest things I would work on in San Antonio. Mike Helen, an officer association president, uh, said Scully pitched the changes simply to ride a wave of protest over police. The contract ensured fair discipline, he said, and if anyone was uh, on the attack, it was the manager. Her tone was immediately aggressive. He said, uh, in the end, after two years of bitter negotiation, the sides agreed to contract. The sides agreed to contract capping, capping salaries and uh, benefit benefit rates, managing manageable for the the city. But it did not include Scully's disciplinary changes. The bottom line is that we could not change the contract. She said. The episode is a telling snapshot of the power police unions flex across the United States using political political uh, might to using political might to submit contracts that often provide a uh, shield of protection for officers accused of misleading and uh, erect boundaries to residents complaining of abuse prior to the city prior to city from city to city uh, contracts have become just as crucial in government and governing uh, departments as police manuals and city charters yet those contracts are coming under under subjection and civil rights uh, protest over alleged police abuse including shootings of unarmed black subjects unarmed black men and unarmed black women unarmed black children recruits examined recruits examining the fine print of 82 police contracts in large cities across the country form a pattern of projections affording the men and women in blue a majority of the contracts call for departments to ease disciplinary records some after just six months, according, making it difficult to fire officers with a high history of abuse in 18 cities, suspensions are erased in three years or less, and in places like Alaska, suspension, suspensions, uh, de demotions, and disciplinary 
uh, transfers are removed after two years. Nearly half of the contracts allow officers accused of misconduct to accuse the entire, to access the entire investigative file, including the witness statements, GPS road, GPS readouts, photos, videos, and notes from the internal investigation before being um, interrogated. Uh, 20 cities, including San Antonio, uh, slowed, allowed officers accused of misconduct uh, to forfeit sick leave or holiday and vacation time rather than, rather than to serve suspensions. This is gross. Contracts in 17, 17 cities set these limits for citizens to file complaints about police officers, some as short as 30 days, nine cities uh, restricted anonymous complaints from being investigated. Police officers say the contract rules are common sense protections. What? What about the... Anyway, our job is to keep bad officers in their... in this position... in this profession. Our job is to make sure that the due process is given to the officers, says Ricky Wikinski, Director of Labor Services at the National Fractional Order of P Police. If the agency's got a case, make it your case. But many law enforcement veterans think the process or the protections go too far. That's obvious. The balance has dramatically shifted to the creation of barriers to actual accountability that don't deserve the public good. And, and Jonathan Smith, former chief of special investigations in the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice, over the last 40 years, cities have bargained away the power of disciplining police officers, often in closed uh, negotiating meetings with local unions. Historically, contracts uh, Historically, contracts covered salary, pensions, and health care. Discipline was brought to the negotiation table in the 1980s when cash-strapped uh, cities, when cash-strapped cities were more, were given more uh, management control to unions rather than, than that to increase salaries. During, uh, during recessions, the city would give the union management rights and rule of money, said Robert, said Robert Olson, chief inspector of the Garda Semiala. In retrospect, in Ireland and former chief of police in Minneapolis, and when that happens, that's when trouble starts. We're not talking just about one contract, he added. We're talking about uh, insurmountable changes in contracts over years that suddenly these all the suddenly there's all these hoops which make it far more difficult for Chile, for chiefs to sustain discipline. Uh, the case in Columbus, Joseph J. 
Joseph Hines was in his junior year at State Ohio. Joseph Hines was in his junior year at Ohio, at Ohio State University studying uh, agribusiness on August 29, 2012. Haynes and his two best friends were out celebrating the first day of his junior year. They were sitting on a bench joking about fantasy football or fantasy basketball when two police officers on bicycles pulled up and asked Hines for his ID. According to the initial police documents and interviews with witnesses, Hines said he didn't have to give his ID. The male officer grabbed his arm and Hines jerked it back. Then the female officer took out her handcuffs and the two uh, tackled him to prevent him from moving and tackled him to the pavement. A police car, a police car dash cam records Hines shout, stop, stop, please. Shut the F up. An officer screamed, shut up, get down. Please stop, Hines cried. I can't breathe, stop. He lost consciousness and then woke on the sidewalk surrounded by at least 15 police officers with one uh, with one swollen sh with one eye swollen shut. Hines was hospitalized for three days and diagnosed with facial contusions, a concussion, and br and a mild brain and mild brain damage and post-traumatic stress disorder, according to the medical records he provided to the recruiter. Hines was charged with six counts, including resisting arrest and underage drinking. Police uh, con contested he was drinking in a public place. A can of Ford local alcohol was found nearby. Hines said that that he can't that he that the can wasn't his and the charges for open container and public intoxication were dropped. Uh, ultimately, he pleaded guilty only to littering and paid a fine of $100. I wasn't charged with assault, Hines said. My face didn't catch up to the charges. My face didn't match up to the charges. Department records show a history of misconduct complaints against the two Columbus police officers involved uh, Thomas Duway and uh, Deborah Paxton. According to the incident, civilians filed 40 complaints, allegations against Dwight and 14 against Ms. Paxton. Those numbers have, have since raised eyebrows and raised questions, said Norm uh, Stapter, former police chief of the Seattle Police Department and author of the book, Outlining Police Reforms. The The details of many of those uh, cases are missed because Columbus's files are routinely destroyed. Every four years, we shared them in various cycles, said uh, Jonathan Squirt, the management, uh, the management analyst in charge of uh, records relating to the Columbus Division of Police, the retention schedule is approved by the Records Commission, Ohio Historical Society, and Auditory of State. Lee Phillips, the attorney for both officers, declined to comment.
So part of the reason why I decided to um, do an episode on police misconduct and police brutality is because um, while I was doing my research on this particular topic, I noticed that a lot of people on the inside were saying things like, oh, well, we're we're arresting people we're pissed off at and that's not the purpose and or the point of prison that's not the point and or the purpose of jail the point and the purpose of prison and of jail is to get people off the street who are a threat to society these people who are being arrested and being traumatized are not a threat to society if anything it's the complete opposite. And so, I believe personally what we have on our hands is a situation where the general person that is on the street doesn't know that they are prey. They don't know that they, if they don't take the time to really understand their rights, that they'll get uh, preyed upon if they're not careful. Um, and what this really feels like is just the police being bullies because they can be. Um, I remember when I lived with my mother in Dallas, Texas, we were there for about five or six years. I was there in, in high school, specifically Cedar Hill High School. I mean, we lived in Cedar Hill. And while I was living in Cedar Hill with my mother, one thing that I noticed is that the harassment that she, my mother was very viciously harassed by the um, local Cedar Hill Police Department. And there was one experience that she had with one of the police officers that stopped her, told her to her face, oh, well, we don't really want to arrest you. We just want to stop you and write you a ticket because we've got a quota to meet. And I think like not even a year later, we moved. We moved and uh, we officially started moving in Atlanta or she moved uh, from Texas to Atlanta. And uh, it was it was pretty gross to hear that. Um, so the police in, in Cedar Hill, Texas, um, are notorious for their bullshit and their bullying and their harassment of the general public and specifically the poor. Specifically the people who can't fight back. Specifically the LGBT communities, specifically the poor communities, specifically uh, single mothers, single fathers, people who don't have the money to fight back or don't know how to fight back are the prime, like that's prime rib right there because the chances of them actually facing any type of repercussions are extremely low. And um, yeah, this is, this is the reality of what's actually going on. Um, 
the the scales are certainly tipped in the favor of the police and not the general public and the police know that and they're absolutely taking advantage of it and the other thing that i wanted to say is that um is that for those the, for the people who do know and understand um what their rights are and how to fight back um They'll still fuck with them, but the chances of them being held accountable is a hell of a lot higher than someone who doesn't. So I decided to do this episode because I want to urge the general public to take the time to understand what your rights are, wherever it is that you live, in relationship to the police. Um, because it's important. Because I, the, the people who are being and it's so gross to even say it, but the people who are being um, arrested are the ones who are pissing the police off. Not the people who are a threat to society, not the people who are supposed to be behind bars, but the people who are, you know, teachers, nurses, I don't know, um, fucking the, the, the middle and the lower class. The lower middle class and the, the lower, lower class of people um, are on the chopping block. And it's unfortunate. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue reading. The officers were never suspended in the Hines case. The department began an administrative investigation into their response to resistance, a new term. Uh, used by Columbus Division of Police to describe the, the police use of power of force. The investigative, the investigating sergeant was unable to resolve the allegations because Hine declined to be interviewed. As instructed by his attorney, uh, records show, Mike Miller, Hines' attorney, said he would advise any client not to talk to the police amidst of the case. The police are the ones that brought the charges against him, he said. After interviewing with 15 police officers, two um, paramedics, police brass determined the misconduct allegations were unfounded. The ruling came as a, a jury in the September 2015 found Dwight used excessive force and awarded Hines $30,000 in damages for his injuries. Hines uh, appeared, appealed the uh, award which did not cover his attorney fees, and the case is pending in the at the 16th at the at the sixth <laughs> at the sixth circuit court. Uh, like many police departments, Columbus has a procedure in place to identify patterns of behavior and recommends counseling, called the Employee Action Review System. The union contract prohibits uh, complaints deemed by the department to be unfounded from factoring into disciplinary action. The department's view there is, in the department's view, there is no case to discipline without a proven allegation. Columbus Division of Police Chief uh, Kimberly Jacobs said in an email, the review committee uh, recorded officers back to officer Officer 
Paxton be mentioned and given uh, remedial training after 13 investigations in 16 months were opened into her use of mace. Um, Records show in July 2014, she took a 30-minute course in handcuffing techniques. Since the review, the department has investigated about eight additional incidents involving Paxton's use of force, use of mace and force. Another Columbia's, another Columbia's case shows how officers can uh, build up mounted complaints and stand on the force until even serious events occur. Late September, Columbus officer uh, Brian Mason shot and killed 13-year-old uh, Trey King, who was uh, carrying a BB gun. Mason had been the subject of more than 60 investigations, including 25 incidents in which civilians, in which civilians um, required medical attention and was involved in two additional fatal shootings in 2019 and 2012, according to initial police documents and uh, attained by recruiters. Mason has been moved to an investigative assignment and is no longer at patrol. According to a spokesperson for the department, his lawyer Phillips declined to comment on uh, specifics but said Columbus is a very well-trained police officer. Obviously not if you've got 60 fucking complaints against you. 25 being which citizens required medical fucking attention. That is not a well-trained police police officer. That's that's bullshit is what that is. Uh, Jason Papaz, president of the uh, president of the Columbia's Fraternal Order of Police, said the union contract does not skew investigations or limit accountability. If ever if every officer started getting disciplinary or moved because somebody started filing complaints, hell, the whole neighborhood would start filing complaints. Shut the fuck up. See, this is. These are people who are running from accountability. These are people who are gonna use every excuse in the book to not actually be held accountable for the bullshit that they're inciting on the general public. And that, that gets under my skin a little bit. In 15 cities reviewed by recruiters, few citizens complained, few citizen complaints were Sustained by police, police's initial review review boards in Tomoska, Washington, for instance, just 10% of the 250 complaints alleged filed against police wars were um, sustained between January 2015 and, 2000, and March 2016. Assistant Chief Kathy McCain said uh, complaints are often not sustainable for lack of independent witnesses. It is the complaints, complaints word, the person complaining word versus the officers, she said. In Chicago, a recruiter 
analysis of a thousand civilians complaints sent to internal affairs in 2016 shows just one result in disciplinary action yo this is fucking sad this is the saddest shit that i think i've ever fucking heard this is this is so sad One Chicago officer, Raymond Picuti, the subject of reports by the Invisible Institute and Chicago journalist, journalistic organization for focused on civil rights uh, accumulated at least 89 misconduct allegations in his 18-year career files. The files reviewed by recruits show of those four were sustained one one-fourth of four and one of four fighting with another officer resulting in punishment complaint records and investor internal investigation investigative file shows in one sustained uh, case in 2015 mr p exchanged words with a couple as they boarded an escalator telling the man shut Shut up, you effing coon, you effing cluck. I do whatever the F I want to, according to a report by the Department Department's Office of Professional Standards. The argument between Mr. P uh, pushed the wife of the way. He pushed his wife out of the way so he had a friend, so he and a friend could board uh, first. That is so cool. The, the OPS investigation found the report said Mr. P attempted to punch the man. Uh, Mr. P denied wrongdoing in a statement to OPS, but the department sustained all six allegations against him. Uh, Mr. P had clearly exhibited a pattern of using profound derogatory language in his contact with citizens in the investigation in 2003, Mr. P was uh, promoted to uh, detective, he declined comment. Of course he declined comment. Uh, so the next section is uh, files destroyed, but I just want to say really quick, if you don't know how to be a decent person, just in general and this goes with fucking anything if you're not a decent person in general an individual with a good fucking heart you're not going to be good at anything you're not going to be a good business owner you're not going to be a good teacher you're not going to be a good doctor lawyer cook let alone a fucking police officer you're just you're just not going to be fucking good at it and the idea that, like, I honestly, I kind of want to see, um, like, this makes me curious about the, um, how you qualify to become a police officer to begin with. Like, what, what is, what is the qualification to become a police officer? And what type of training did he have before he decided to become a police officer to begin with? What was his training? Did he only graduate from high school? Did he go to college? Did he go to junior college? Did he finish college? What was, 
I have, I just, I have so many questions surrounding this shit. It's not, it's not even fucking funny. Anyway, files destroyed. In many cases, prior disciplinary cases simply disappeared from the records thanks to the contract. Honolulu's contract specifies derogatory materials in an employee's file, including disciplinary records, be destroyed after four years. Files may be terminated with or withheld from uh, destruction if officers are involved in pending litigation, says the role a Honolulu police police spokesperson, spoke a police spokeswoman. I'm sorry. Files are normally shredded or burned, she said. In Baton Rouge, complaints of sexual misconduct or harassment are removed from an officer's uh, records and destroyed after five years. The department did not respond to interview requests. Destroying data that could signal wider problem can hurt the police department as well as the police, said uh, Smith, the former, o the former DOJ official officers who became involved in shootings or other serious violations frequently have faced less serious allegations in the past by limiting the use of past complaints he said union contracts can render institutions unable to correct their own behavior glendale arizona was a population of more than a quarter million residents and is among, and is among nine cities where the union contracts restricts anonymous complaints from being investigated. We sent, we went, we want the complaints to come in, said uh, Justin Harris, a Glendale police officer and union representative. That's a form. There's a form, and it's, and, and it lets the taxpayer know if you knowingly. If you're knowingly and intentionally making a false statement, you could be prosecuted. Which is, of course, okay. But what if you're not lying about the fact that you're making a police report? What about then? Because, bitch... From the way that it's looking and from how the fuck it's sounding right now, y'all got some suspicious activity going down. But, um, yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. So I want y'all, I want y'all to listen to this. I want, I want y'all to listen to this.
Some departments allow deadly responses in cases of escaping suspects, fugitives, or prevention of crime, all scenarios that would be deemed to fall well outside the boundaries set by international law. In other cities, police guidelines fail to constrain officers to use only as much force as is proportionate to the threat confronting them. Remarkably, the researchers from the law school's International Human Rights Clinic discovered that none of the 20 police departments were operating under state laws that were in accord with human rights standards. America's biggest police forces lack legality, the study finds, because they are not answerable to human rights compliant laws authorizing the use of lethal force. The fact that police forces in the biggest U.S. cities don't meet very basic human rights standards is deeply concerning, said Claudia Flores, the clinic's director. The Chicago study underlines how far policing in America is adrift from international norms, making the U.S. a lonely outlier on the world stage. Across Europe, policing policies are much more closely aligned with human rights directives. In Spain, for instance, officers have to use verbal cautions and fire warning shots before they are permitted to aim at anybody. Chokeholds have been banned in Europe for many years. The Chicago researchers conclude too much deadly discretion is given to police officers in the U.S. The use of force, they say, is a form of state-sanctioned violence that society only grants police officers as part of their responsibility to protect public safety and enforce the law when necessary. The lax framework of U.S. policing has contributed, the authors say, to the spate of police killings of unarmed black people. Victims include George Floyd, whose death in police custody in Minneapolis in May sparked weeks of protests around the country. In an interview with The Guardian this week, Agnes Calamard, the U.N. monitor on extrajudicial, summary or arbitrary executions, said she was horrified because we are watching people dying in public at the hands of those who are supposed to protect us. Calamard's comments came as the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva held an urgent debate on racism and police conduct in the US. The need for restrictions on police power has. Okay, and I'm back. Um, it says, Glendale police defend their uh, other contract protections. Uh, among them, officers under investigation get to see video footage isn't made video footage that isn't made available to citizens. Uh, indictments involving police use use of force can be emotional and looking at video footage can help officers refresh their memory police say of course Goodness. that way they know all the facts and there's no witch hunting here it says by contrast he says you don't want to let a witness viewing foot footage of something they may or may not have seen because if they review the footage then they're going to come back and just tell you what they saw so that's so that's not an independent statement in eight cities contracts allow officers to view uh, officers to refuse to testify before civilian oversight boards in Los Angeles the union contract requires a 
uh, court order to access the employee's file. Uh, Detective Steve Brammers, president of the Los Angeles Protective Association, said the policy is consistent with public and private sector uh, employment practices. Some contracts afford second uh, chances when officers are found to have alcohol in the system. In Chicago, officers who are breathalyzed on the job and register a blood alcohol content of 0 .0, 0 0.021 through 0.039, close to the 0.05 cutoff of, for a driver, while intoxication well, intoxicated citizens in Illinois are sent home and tested again the next day if the return if the return to duty test reveals an alcohol level of 0, 0.0 the officer may return to duty and shall not be subject to discipline based on the initial test result the contract says that's just some straight out some straight bullshit Toledo is equally <laughs> Toledo is equally forgiving in any on-duty officer who has under a .04 BAC shall not be subjected to disciplinary action but will be required to go home, the contract says. This officer may utilize any uh, may utilize any vacation time to cover their absence. Uh, Officer Daniel Wanger, president of the Toledo Police Patrolmen's Association, said the language was recently added to uh, to provocate in addressing a common problem seen in policing nationwide uh, involving officers and alcohol. But he said the force has not had to put the provocation into action. This is annoying the shit out of me. Ooh, this is annoying me. Ugh, hold on a second. what it feels like is um, these contracts feel like extreme leniency on the part of the police officer who we know is going to fuck up like we know you're going to be coming to the job you know high or on drugs or or doing alcohol so we're gonna give you th this uh, this length of a leash, so you can run and be free and do whatever it is the fuck that you want to do. But as far as like a civilian on the street, oh, oh, they're gonna fuck you in the ass. <laughs> they're going to stomp you out like a cockroach and treat you like absolute trash. 
And I mean, if the police get retaliated against, or officials get retaliated against, and they have the means to be able to back themselves up because of the position that they hold, like, what chance does an average person on the street have? You feel me? Like, this is, it's the ridiculousness for me. Like, I had a friend who would say all the time, the only, per only reason why anybody wants to become a, become a police officer is because they want to kill black people and get away with it. And... I'm starting to feel like maybe he's not wrong for what he says. Um, unique benefits and public barriers. In Milwaukee, officers can be paid during disciplinary suspensions, a benefit not bestowed on other city workers. It is recognized that financial losses are not typical, not typically borne by the uh, offending member alone but by his family as well the police contract states officers are also paid during lengthy internal uh, affairs investigations one milwaukee police uh, officer santana roger was on paid suspension for more than five months after being charged in 2016 uh, with three felony counts of causing mental harm to a child and soliciting prostitution. Because we all know that the police officers love to have sex with hookers. That is another pastime of theirs. They love to fuck women who are of the night. Um, and any prostitute will tell you that shit. Any, any of them. They all know. It's an open fucking secret. Um, officers are also paid during lengthy... After a while, soliciting a child. He allegedly offered uh, $200 for sex with a 16-year-old and tried to court another 15-year-old girl. He was fired in October. These contracts are giving these officers way too much leniency. I don't like it. Roger Mentry's attorney did not respond to request for comment. A department spokesperson... Who are these spokespeople? A department spokesperson said officers stay on payroll until found guilty by the court system or an initial investigation process that can take which can take up to years. Uh, Columbus's contract mandated that complaints submitted to wrong to writing within 60 days of an incident. Beyond that, officers typically are not required to participate in the investigation, and their name doesn't appear on the complaint. At least 25 allegations of misconduct, or nearly 5% uh, of complaints, were not investigated in Columbia due to a 60-day clause. A 2015 report said. It's very difficult for a, for a supervisor to investigate outside of 60 days, said uh, Jennifer Knight, commander of Columbus Internal Affairs Bureau. Uh, like most unions, like most union contracts, the, the Columbus Agreement allows officers access to all investigative uh, material. If new evidence is discovered, the officer can pause an interview, step out with their lawyers and review the material. Complaints are not given the same across in the city 
complaints are not given the same access uh, in the city where a string of police involvement shootings has sparked uh, civilian marches. The case in San Antonio. In San Antonio, the number that helped in San Antonio, the case that helped spur the city manager to action involved Officer Jackie Neal, arrested in 2013 in November on charges of raping a woman in the seat of his police uh, vehicle. Later that night, released from jail, Neal re returned to, to the home where the woman was uh, staying and was arrested again. Goodness. Three months later, the police chief found that Neil, supervisor of the Department of Youth program, had had sex with a teenager, with a teenage girl participating in the program. The chief uh, suspended him for three days, and Neil never lost a dime or pay or a day off parole. The union contract allowed him to serve the suspension using his vacation time. Haley, the union president, said that said he too wanted Neil off the force, viewing him as an outliner. I told the chief, "You need to watch this guy." He said, "Yeah, Haley had a daughter, and he said Neil's actions deeply uh, troubled him." Neil declined to comment. Neil had two prior complaints of sexual misconduct about documents. Sexual misconduct court documents show. A woman alleged that he put his hands inside of her panties, lifted her up her uh, shirt, and felt her breast during a routine traffic stop in November 2006. Neil was accused of digitally directly penetrating another woman in February 2017. Neither complaint was. Uh, sustained by the department. Why the fuck not? Police Chief William uh, Manusis declined interview request in a deposition in the civil rights uh, case against Neil. McNus said he had a stern conversation with Neil about the sexual encounter with a teenager and the police youth program and felt confident allowing him to continue performing his duties unsupervised. It's a bad idea. Um, McNutt said that he did not see a connection between the sex incident and Neil's prior complaints. These incidents to me were not uh, not sexually related but they were Excuse me. What I consider to be a very, very aggressive officer in trying to find drugs, he said. This man is purposely putting his hands over his eyes when it comes to this man. This is ridiculous. He's not a fucking good, good police officer. Just say that. The officer had other brushes with the law in February 2007. Neil's grand. Neil's stepdaughter called police after he allegedly punched a door and began throwing clothes and suitcases. Two months later, his 
Neil's wife, Debbie, called 911 saying he was threatening to kill himself with a gun. He... And two things that are very perpetual... <laughs> two things that are under the rug and, and, and highly... Like, the, the rate of, of domestic abuse and suicide in, in, in most police precincts across America is, I think, over 50 fucking percent. Like, I, it's, it's insane out there. He rarely raised his voice, but when he got mad, it was scary, said Debbie Neal, who divorced Neal in 2019 but defended him in court. I'd never seen him like that. In November 2013, after the alleged rape in his police car, Neil uh, pleaded no contest to imposter sexual, to imposter. Uh, Neil pleaded no contest to improper sexual activity with a person in custody. He was fined $5,000 and sentenced to 14 months behind bars. As part of the plea, he agreed to surrender his uh, officer certification. Neal's sentence was uh, shortened by five months through a state program showing credit for work and education. In April 2015, San, San Antonio approved a $500,000 settlement with the victim. I know they fucking did. Um... Yet such cases are not enough to spur change. The city manager, Scully, said that the police union wouldn't budge on her demand that it ceded control over discipline and city council leaders urged her to yield in order to settle a new contract. There is so much that still needs to change in the contract, Scully said. I lost the political support of the council to continue to press that issue. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of that uh, article. But um, I'll say this, if change is going to happen in relationship to this issue, it is going to take a very large effort to do so. And it is going to take a large collective effort to do so. Um, <sighs> I, I, stuff like this, like, I just, it's the worst, and part of my, just, well, the reason I feel it's so icky is because, you know, my father and I had, I had a father and uncle growing up who were police officers who had some of the worst experiences you could possibly imagine in relationship to, um, working as police officers, and this just, puts me back there and the fact that I'm almost 30 and shit still hasn't changed is sickening. Um, I'll be back with another article. I'm going to take a break just because, you know, um, I, I don't feel well. I've been sick for the last two, three days and um, trying to do this in the midst of getting as much rest as possible but thank you so much for you know hanging in there with me and uh listening to my podcast episode i will definitely be getting into um wounded femininity next so that'll be the second part of the two-part series that i have going on and then i'm also interested in getting into a documentary 
surrounding um, the American school system, specifically the public school system, and then also the uh, American housing crisis that we're currently going through. So yeah, stay tuned for that, that good stuff because it's coming over the hill. And thank you everybody for being so patient with me. Um, and yeah, we'll get back to it pretty soon. Uh, Madam Butterfly, out for now. So once again, I just want to thank my beloved audience for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I hope you liked it. Um, and I will continue with more. I've got, you know, some great topics for the future uh, coming down the pipeline. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. Uh, Frequency Bay out.